What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I am your host, Rob Stats Guerrero, with you as always. And we had some crazy news last week. We finally got the story that Robert Sala is leaving the Niners and going to the Jets. And I wanted to get some reaction for you right away, uh, even though I knew it wasn't going to come out to today. I wanted to sort of get that instant reaction for you. And so I thought I could go to somebody that's worked in both markets, worked in New York, at ESPN New York, worked in San Francisco at 95.7 The Game to, you know, get a real perspective of what the feeling is with Robert Sala coming in and also a little bit on the Niners about the quarterback situation, possible options for the team, and Kyle Shanahan as a whole. And I thought, who better to go to than Brandon Tierney of CBS Sports Network. He's worked in both places, as I said. He hosts a show with uh, Tiki Barber, Tiki and Tierney, on weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. So I talked to him Friday, basically right after the news broke, to get the raw reaction And I wanted to bring that to you. I just didn't have a spot for it because Kyle and I had already done a podcast on Friday. So here's my interview with Brandon Tierney from last week. Brandon Tierney, what's up, man? Stats. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me on, man. How you doing, Rob? I'm hanging in there, you know, trying to make the best of it like all of us. But I am very happy for you and for all Jet fans because I think it's quite possible that you have just hired the man that will be the best head coach in that franchise's history. Uh, you know, listen, first of all, that's that's not saying a ton <laughs> there, but it's also saying a lot when you when you actually weighed against uh, some of his predecessors. I mean, obviously, Rex was good with back to back AFC championship games and, you know, all respect to the great Weeview Bank who won Super Bowl three and Herm was pretty solid. Um, and I wanted two others peppered along the way here. But for the most part, it's been it's been a revolving cast of guys who are either uninspiring or ill-prepared for the market or conceptually deficient or uh, any other type of wart that eventually led to their ouster from, from the market. It's, I haven't been this energized in a long time. Like I, I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like hitting somebody just for Rob. <laughs> like he, you know, it, it's one thing and this, and I know that you know this, but I, and I think the jet fans are beginning to get a sense of this. I think initially when, when Rob was positioned as an elite candidate, really going back to last year, you know, with the Browns and, and then obviously this year, pretty much meeting with everybody outside of the Texans. Um, you took a look at this guy on the sidelines and the first thing that drew you to him was his physical presence. Just, it, it looks like a, it looks like bold bull. I mean, that's really what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, you know? And he's just the kind of guy, if, if you're in a bar fight or if you're in a foxhole, like he's, you just know uh, based on what he admits physically, that you would want to be aligned with him. But then when you dig beneath the surface, you get a sense of, of just how uh, intellectually curious he is and how buttoned up he is and how aware, and this is important, how aware he is of his own deficiencies. Like when he speaks about and speaks to building uh, the perfect staff, I, I think it's really interesting how he illuminates diversity and not just in, in the racial sense here, but also in the skill set sense where, hey, listen, I might be very good at this, 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 and this, but I'm, I'm weak at this. Therefore, I need somebody to plug that gap. I mean, I, I've just been on, and the guy hasn't even blown a whistle yet wearing <laughs> Jets green. Rob, I've been on a high from, it's funny, last night, you watch Cobra Kai? I don't actually. I'm apparently the only person that doesn't. Well, up until last night, I would have been right there with you because when it was first introduced, I I thought it was like a spoof. Like, I'm like, this (laughs) this seems so, why would I watch this, right? 
So anyway, long story short, you know, we're still deep into the isolation and, and doing the routine at home and really not seeing anybody. So that you kind of run out of things to watch. And, and last night I had no games to watch. Really all my work was handled. I said, Jen, let's just throw, it's on Netflix. It's got to be decent if it's on Netflix, right? So we plowed through the first uh, five episodes of season one. And I went up to get some water and I checked my phone. I've gotten pretty good at not being married to my phone at night. And, uh, and I looked, I'm like, we got them. And, and I've been tweeting about this forever. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I've been out in front of it when you look at it that way, but I, I identified Rob as a guy that not just for the jets as the number one target. Uh, my actual tweet was along the lines of, you know, there should be a distinct gap between Rob and everybody else. He's a superstar. Uh, and for the first time, so that was my night last night. It was a happy interruption, but for the first time, you know, Jets ownership, which has always been sloppy, just stayed out of the way. Let their football people, Joe Douglas, do his thing. And here we are. And it's a great feeling. Uh, you shouldn't be anything but overjoyed. The man is incredible. And if you had any doubts, and this is why I put him above Eric Bieniemy, because I don't know what Eric Bieniemy is without Patrick Mahomes, but you got to see front and center last year what Robert Sala can do without Nick Bosa, without D Ford, without Richard Sherman, without both starting safeties at one point, without Thomas, half of Solomon, his Solomon Thomas went down. Not that he's great, but he went down. Yeah, they and they still had a, a very good defense. I think it was a top five or top ten defense in the league. And he didn't have basically anybody. So I, I he know. was number one for me. Yep. And, and, and that speaks to his adaptability, uh, both conceptually and, and the ability to inspire and the ability to, to elevate. And, and that's what's and eventually this will fall on the floor. And, and this is a huge component. You know, it's, it's funny. You look at not just the Jets, but you look at even previous 49er coaches who have failed. I mean, you know, whether it's Erickson, I don't know if this was the exact situation, but if it's Erickson or Tom Sula for a minute, uh, whomever, I mean, just go through the list. I would gather that it's so, somewhere along the line, coaches who fail, they, they don't fail because they don't know football. I mean, you get to this level, you know football, but can you round out a staff? And somebody like Rob, you just gravitate to his energy. You, 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 you gravitate to his presence and, and his vision and his intellect here. So um, they needed a CEO. And you, you look, it's funny because of the seven jobs going into this um, coaching cycle, Rob, you, you had really almost every one of them uh, was deficient in the leadership category, like the, the Lions, you know, perpetually searching for leadership and talent, but, but a CEO. Lions have been devoid of that. Jets have been devoid of that. The Houston Texans have not had that. You know, if you look at the Jaguars, have not had that really since Tom Coughlin, maybe Marone for a minute. Well, Marone for a minute early on, they lost to Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. But after that, it was sideways. And all of these teams, uh, um, the Falcons need, need, need an injection of that. And that's why I said, listen, I really like Arthur Smith, too. For me, Arthur Smith was number two, because if you look at Arthur Smith's resume, he actually had uh, great diversity. He's known as an offensive guy, obviously. Uh, and he resurrected Tannehill, what he what he did for for Derrick Henry. These are all great attributes. But early on in his career with Washington, he was on the defensive side of the football and other stops. He was, you know, defensive quality. Like there was diversity and there was tangible 
offensive performance at this level. So while I really liked Arthur Smith, this was the target and this was the target for minute one. And for the Lions, he's from Michigan. For the Lions <laughs> to butcher this uh, stats, it's uh, I actually feel badly for the Lions because like I worked in San Francisco, I worked in Detroit very early in my career. And those fans are great. I mean, my two years there, the Silver Dome was still open. Uh, they had just drafted Joey Harrington. That's when I was there and a long time ago. Yeah, obviously, Marty Morningweg, et cetera. And then they moved to Ford Field. That, so that I was there for two years, and I guess that would have been 01 and 02 or 02, 02, 03, early 2000s. Point being, they haven't resolved their issue since. No. And really, neither <laughs> have the Jets. So while I feel for them, I feel a lot better for me. So, well, I don't blame you. I, mean, I saw a report yesterday from Schefter that said it looks like Sam Darnold is going to stay, which I don't buy at all. That's oh. Schefter carrying somebody's water because if they want to trade Sam Darnold, they can't report now that he's out. They're trying to preserve his trade value. But True. the Jets are in a fascinating position because I almost feel like they control the entire draft. If they mm -hmm. want to stick with Sam, they could ransom that number two pick to the highest bidder, basically. Uh -huh. I'm hoping is my 49ers, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would love to see the Niners trade up to, to take Fields or Wilson or any of these guys. What do you do if you're the Jets? If you're solid, do you call up your old buddy Kyle Shanahan and say, hey, what can you offer me? Let's make a deal. Well, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just not. You know, he's fine. I'm not saying he's not. He's not. He's not. He's, he's good. That's that's not the answer for me uh, personally, and and I've been on the record with that with uh, on our show, obviously on Tiki and Tierney. When you look at the Jets situation, you know they they got a little bit of a bad break because they, not not much because your point's spot on, and I'll, I'll circle back to how I think you're right why they do control the draft. But think about the the perception about the number two pick after Fields played Clemson and what he did. Okay. And now look at it after what happened against Alabama. He, he didn't play well, which, and he didn't play well against Northwestern. I think he was 12 for 27. Didn't play well against Indiana. Didn't play well the previous CFP against Clemson. Like, I'm not a huge field. Like, I, for the Jets' point of view, I don't think I, – I would be stunned if they take fields of two. I'm almost prepared to personally – well, me, I have ruled that out myself. And I actually think that I will be right. There's no way the Jets will take fields of two. I love Wilson. I love Wilson. And this is where the dilemma comes in because I also like Sam and I also believe in Sam. What I will say is I'm prepared to roll the back with Sam and maybe take Penny Sewell from Oregon at number two. Maybe certainly try to entice somebody to trade down, get more assets. The Jets have so many things in their favor. I'm, I, 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 I almost, <laughs> I, well, this, this group will know what to do with it. Previous regimes would not have. They've got two first-round picks this year. They've got two first-round picks next year from the Jamal Adams trade. They've got $70 million in cap space, right? If you stick it to – I mean, they've got, they've got assets. If you stick it to, Rob, you could take another offensive lineman, which is, as we all know, how you build a team. And I'll take it back to when I was in San Francisco. As much as Alex Smith put up good numbers, and then eventually, you know, Kaepernick was doing his thing – the reason why that Niners team had a renaissance with Harbaugh and Robin, Roman and Fangio is because they had, you know, first of all, you know, Justin, uh, Justin Smith, Cowboy on the defensive line. They had the uh, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, all these terrific defensive players. But they had a slew of offensive guys. Joe Staley was in his prime. Mikey mm -hmm. Potty. These guys were filthy, nasty, dirty beasts. 
and they opened up holes and they had a tight end that was vertically with Vernon. Like, I'm not saying that you revert back to the, you know, early 2010s because you've got to modernize the, 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 the schematics, if you will. But you need, you, you, you got to protect your quarterback. So if you do that, I'm cool with that. If you trade out, I'm cool with that. In a long-winded way, long-winded way Rob, what I'm saying is this. Whatever this regime does, I will, I will trust. Now, that doesn't mean if I see a month into it, you know, you know some warning signs may have taken the wrong care. I'll obviously react, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a reserved manner, but I'll, I'll acknowledge it. But I really believe Joe Douglas knows football, and I know that Rob knows football. So if they look at the tape, forget about the highlights and forget about what people like me say. Look at the tape, all right? If you think that Darnold is salvageable, keep him. And I happen to think that. But if they don't, then get rid of him. I mean, it's really that simple. And they have to get this right because I think right now that the AFC East is harder than it was in the Patriots' heyday because the Patriots were the only team you had to worry about. Now the Bills and the Dolphins look like they're going to be good for a long time. So if the Jets are going to compete, they have to nail this. Yeah, they do. Um, But I would half agree with that. I'm not that worried about the Dolphins. And that's not to minimize their most recent renaissance with Coach Flores. I'm just not sold on Tua. Not sold on Tua. Neither are they. I know. Well, apparently, you know, they had, it depends, you know, that the report in the Miami Herald, some players were undercutting Tua, which to me is even more disconcerting because players keep it real. You know, if you draft somebody, you usually, especially, you know, top 10, you're going to remain married to them, like the Bears with Trubisky this year a little bit, like just to kind of validate so you don't look like an idiot. You know, otherwise you're going to get harpooned and everybody's going to say, hey, you took the wrong guy and it's your ass on the line. Mm-hmm. So somebody like Tua, whatever the management says, I almost take with a grain of salt. What I've seen from Tua, granted, he, he's coming off the hip issue, uh, but even with Darnold, who has had bad numbers, but I've seen splash plays, even Josh Allen's first year when he was like 53% completion percentage, the guy can throw a football through a barn and he's big and fast. Um, Baker's rookie rookie year set a touchdown record by rookies, which was broken this year by Herbert. He threw 27 right away. You're like, all right, maybe not a superstar, but certainly some dynamic qualities. Mahomes right away, Herbert right away, Joe Burrow right away. I saw Tua, even Daniel Jones to an extent, splash plays like good arm, good feet, like things that at least give me belief that there's something there that is that is remotely dynamic. When I watch Tua, I see a smallish guy, right, who's not an elite Uber athlete. He's, he's fine, but he's not Uber. And, and I see a check down Charlie. Everything is five yards. So I'm not, again, I think Flores is a good coach, very good. And I know their defense is good. Um, could they move up now? If they move off the quarterback spot and they nail it, then I would fully agree with what you said in terms of the division. But I'm not as enamored with Tua uh, and subsequently Miami, maybe as some others are. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Let me flip it over more to the Niners because you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. I am off the Jimmy Garoppolo train big time. They mm-hmm. cannot go into next season with Garoppolo. Number one, because he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. And number two, he's just not good enough when he's on the field, especially at $26 million. So if I make you John Lynch, what are you doing this offseason? I am trying to – now, I think this would have worked. I have to see what they do with the offensive coordinator position. LaFleur is coming here, as you know. If it was still LaFleur, Zach Wilson's a perfect fit for what they run. Perfect fit. 
Um, there's going to see this quarterback market, and, and we do this a lot nationally. It's it's such a sexy conversation. Whether it's uh, you know last year it was Cam Cam's finish, but you know Javis Winston, what happens with him? Um, you know there there's a lot of unsettled situations. Can the do the Falcons maybe move on from Matt Ryan? Obviously, we know that union. I don't know if you would do that, but just you throw you throw it out there. Mm-hmm. What what I would try to do? What Niners are twelfth overall? They're picking right number yes. twelve. Okay, I, you're not getting Zach Wilson at twelve. Um, based on some possible, you know, moves that I somewhat anticipate, there's a remote chance that maybe Justin Fields slides down. I know that there's been some mocks. I think McShay, McShay has him going to 15 to the Pats. Wow. But, 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 but Rob, but McShay's um, mocks don't incorporate trades. Okay. So maybe take it with a grain of salt. He's just kind of basing it off the talent aspect, the grading. Uh, he's not going to be there at 15. My point is, I don't think it would take, uh, you wouldn't have to move mountains. I, I don't think to go from 12 to the range of seven, eight ish. Maybe to get fields, that's an option. I think the first thing that they have to do, and I think that in their hearts, they know that Garoppolo's not the guy. Like they, they've got to understand that that's not their guy. And, and let me put it to you this way too. I talk about Darnold who had nothing around him. I know that the Niners had injuries, but for the most part, Jimmy Garoppolo had everything around him. And I'll t- he has one of the best tight ends in the game who draws immediate double teams almost every time, right? So that's number one. I know he's been a little bit banged up, but when Kittle's healthy, he's the best. If, or top two, him, Waller, Kelsey. I mean, that's those are the three, right? And so right away, the field grows for you, which makes your job easier. And then you've got some of the most unique – I don't care who the hell's running the football because you guys have had injuries <laughs> there. Some of the most unique running schemes I've ever seen in my life. So you've got – an original fresh running concept and you've got one of the most explosive weapons at a position where there's a dearth of those type of players and you're injury prone and you're not a star with those good and you've got a, a great coach and a defense that gives you short fields I, you know i jimmy's not the guy to me he's not the guy to me yeah, I agree. I was sort of hoping that maybe LaFleur felt differently about Jimmy than Kyle and that he might he maybe he'd be interested in a deal involving that number two pick if maybe they put Jimmy in and you know who knows, yeah. but I don't know. To me, I, I think he's I, I, he's not the guy for me. And my and by the way, Rob, just because I'm saying I wouldn't do it doesn't mean that the Jets won't do it. True. Now, if, if that happens, what I wouldn't be enamored with the move. That's for sure. Uh, do I think at this point Jimmy's more refined than Sam? Sure, of course I do. He's played more football. Um, it, it it wouldn't move me to you know, venomously tweet away at the Jets. But I certainly wouldn't be moved to celebrate like I did last night when Rob was announced as the head coach. If I'm John Lynch, my first call is to Andrew Luck. Because that is like the dream of dreams. Funny you say that. Keep going. It's funny you say that. Like, I don't know what you'd have to offer him. Whatever he wanted, I would do. Now, you, you'd have to do some convincing with the Colts because I think he's still on their reserve retired list. But if he, I could somehow he, convince Andrew he, Luck to come back. That's a big thing, though. That's a, it's a big thing. It's a big impediment. Yeah, that's true. Because you're going to have to give up multiple number one picks, I would imagine, yeah. to get Andrew Which, Luck. Which, by the way, I would do because it's Andrew Luck. And he's rested and his body's had a chance to regenerate. The one thing that complicates that, aside from him still being property of the cults, you know, that little detail, <laughs> is, is that 
with Peterson gone, and, and you'll see where I'm going, uh, Peterson wanted Hertz and Laurie wanted Wentz. If Peterson stayed and was kind of given the power to decide, he would have chosen Hertz. And at that point, you can maybe see maybe um, a, a rerouting of Wentz, even though it's it's not cost effective based on the dead money, but you can reroute Pete, uh, Wentz to Frank Reich in Indianapolis, which then might embolden the Colts to loosen the reins on their ownership, and I'll put quotes around the word ownership, of Andrew Luck to help facilitate that. But I don't think that that's going to happen because it looks like, you know, the, the owner won. He got, and rightfully so, you got to try to make it work with Carson Wentz one more year, I would think. So if luck is not possible for the Niners, which he's not, it's a pipe dream, but it is my dream. The next call I make is to Deshaun Watson. That is my number one goal. Houston, what do you want? You want three number one picks? Great. There's nobody on this roster that's untouchable. I'd put Bosa in the deal if he had to go in. I'd put Kittle in the deal. Not both, but i put one of them. Mm-hmm. I would put anybody you want to throw in there. Kittle, Fred Warner, whoever you want. I will pay whatever cost it takes to get Deshaun Watson out of Houston. Am I crazy? No, no, you're not. Let me ask you this, Rob. Where and and rank them? Give me. Let's let's do this in descending order. Give me your top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Teague and I did this the other day. I'm going to give you mine as you're thinking. Okay. Okay. I have Rodgers one. I've got Mahomes two. I've got Allen three. I've got Russell Wilson four, and Watson five. That's what it was. If I had to rank, I would go Mahomes one, Rodgers two, Wilson three, Watson four, Allen five. Fair enough. I can't quibble with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Point taken. He's a top five quarterback and he's 25 years of age and he's got a contract that 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 you know keeps him wherever he winds up uh, through the year 2025 or 2026. I, I think it's 2025, I, if I have that right. I think, I think, I think so. it's, you know, it was a four-year, ex- I think it's 2025. He's 25. And here's the thing. He, he's probably the most low-maintenance super – Lamar Jackson's low-maintenance, too. And I, actually, most of these guys are, uh, to be fair. But he's a really low-maintenance modern superstar. He, you don't hear a peep. I mean, this guy's got everything to complain about. And he just – I mean, I now, now some things are getting out. And I don't blame him. That's by design. He's trying to, you know, facilitate some change. And you only get one career. You, you can't win four games when you win the passing title. Um, so I don't blame him. But he's he's great. But what you know, I just quite frankly, if I'm the Texans, I'd probably be amenable to trading him because of all the idiotic moves that they've made. <laughs> they've got no first and second round picks. Their salary cap is a mess. Like you got to restart, right? So it, it, there could be an avenue for that to actually work out. I think right now the only untradeable player in the whole league is Patrick Mahomes. Other than that, I yeah. think. Any you'd have to pay a high price, but I think anybody other than that is tradable. So if the whatever it took for the Niners to, to put together, I would do because you can't go into this season with hope. Hope is not a plan. You can't just hope Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play 16 games or hope all of a sudden he looks better than he looked in 2019. That ain't going to do it. And you can't go into the season saying, well, we need a better backup quarterback in case Jimmy gets hurt. Like if you need a better backup quarterback, you need a better starting quarterback. That's, that's well said. Well, well said. All right, let me float this at you. I have a sense that you will not be nearly as enthusiastic as you are, and nor should you be about the Watson stuff. You know, you talk about rehab. And I again, I was there when Jim Harbaugh rehabbed Alex Smith from all those, you know, horrendous seasons and underachievement. He was a bust when I got there. 
Uh, I've seen it happen, right? So why not roll the dice on a more polished Jameis Winston for a year with Sean Payton and Drew Brees in the quarterback room? I mean, the guy's got elite arm talent. If you coach the mistakes out of him, which just kind of being around Payton and, and Brees, there's a chance that some of that has been deleted. You don't take a chance on him? Every coach Jameis Winston has ever had has said, if I could just fix him, if I could just get him to stop throwing interceptions. And he just can't. He threw 30 interceptions the last time he was a starter. Yeah, but that's- that, but listen, but I, I love Arians and, and we have Arians on all, all the time. Arians is style. I mean, Andrew Luff threw a ton of picks. Big Ben, it's going, to, you're going to throw picks? Yeah, you're he's a no picks. risk it, no biscuit guy. That's Bruce. Picks, man. You're going to score 40 points when things are going well, but you're going to, you're going to throw picks. I mean, if, if you want to run an offense where, you know, there's a ton of check downs, or even Drew Brees, now Drew Brees doesn't throw the football down the field. No. Drew Brees th- throws no picks, but the entire secondary is like, all right, yeah, we got time. He's not throwing heads. <laughs> Whereas with Jameis Winston, you know, and part of that is moxie. Part of that is youth. Part of that is overconfidence. Part of that is sloppiness. And I do think that the sloppiness, to an extent, uh, was possibly, possibly eradicated being in that building for a full year and being humble. I mean, not only being a backup, but then being a backup to the backup when Taysom Hill got the football. God, <laughs> that that's look at it. And, and and Rob, here's the other thing: you don't have you. You just told me before, and obviously Deshaun Watson's three times as good as James Winston, but in efficiency. But you just told me I'd give up everybody. I'd give up Kittle. I'd give up Bosa. You don't have to give up anything to get Jameis Winston. True. I just, I don't know. The one thing that stops Kyle Shanahan's offense is turnover. Since he's become the head coach, I think they have the second most turnovers in the entire league behind only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because (laughs) they had Jameis Winston. So I don't know that I look there. Um, My next call, if you can't get Watson, is to the Lions. And I'll take Matthew Stafford. That's an interesting play, too. I like crazy it. arm talent. Yep. Tough as nails. Yep. I I think he'd be one of the best quarterbacks the Niners have had maybe since Jeff Garcia. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kyle Shanahan can do some damage with, with Matt Stafford. I like it. Uh, it's a good call too. And I also think it's, it's, you know, that's the, the timing of that might be serendipitous. It's time for Stafford and the Lions to move on, man. You know, the, first of all, the tweets from Stafford's wife, you get a sense of, um, maybe a lack of appreciation. There's been some, maybe some warning flares that, that maybe, and I, maybe I'm wrong. If I am, I apologize, but you know, maybe you get a sense that, that they're ready for the first time to truly, you know, investigate what else could be out there. You know, um, Stafford's from Texas, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he's from Texas. So there's no California roots, but not that that matters. Um, I, I, st- I really like Stafford. I don't like Stafford for the lions. It, it's interesting, right? But the guy's got a sick arm and he's a good enough athlete, you know, to, to wiggle out of traffic. And he's got all the different arm slots. I mean, he's just, you know, what was the stat for a long time? Like 100 straight games, the uh, Lions without a 100-yard rusher. <laughs> I mean, you got to have some balance, man. It's it's not his fault. And he's had bad co- excuse me, bad coaches. Uh, I, I love I, – listen, he's, if you got Stafford, I would take Stafford over Winston clearly. You'd have to give up a lot more. But uh, that's something I would do. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. I, I feel a little better about my plans now. You've kind of you've kind of approved some of them. Uh, I could keep you all day, but I want to ask you one more thing because uh -huh. I, I value your opinion. You've been in the San Francisco market, so you know this. Kyle Shanahan has three 10 loss seasons. Now, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Mm -hmm. But there are some people in San Francisco that are starting to get a little antsy, a little bit crazy about Kyle Shanahan. And I know if he was in New York, he would be hearing all about his 10 loss seasons. Mm -hmm. Do you think the San Francisco market is a little soft on Kyle Shanahan? I think when you make the comparison to New York uh, in this fictitious scenario, it would, it would depend which team he was coaching. Because if he was coaching the Jets and he got them to a Super Bowl, he would have so much more latitude, all right? Sure. If he's, okay? If he's coaching the Giants, it would be a different feel. Pertaining to San Francisco, just wanted to point that out. Pertaining to San Francisco, you know, as much as the Giants are built on championships, the 49ers are built on championships more. The 49ers are like the Yankees. I mean, you start the season and the expectation is to win. And when you're not, win a championship. And when you're not in a position to win a championship, you want to know what the hell's going on. And, you, you know, you need to start pointing fingers and you want answers. This is a complex one because... When we do what we do, um, you have to be able to effectively contextualize. And too often, you can't do that, that on Twitter because of the word limitation. Yes. So that's why I enjoy long, why, first of all, I love doing my show three hours a day. And I, I enjoy long form conversations like this because you can insert context. And to me, watching the 49ers, yeah, I know Rob's, Rob had a, a large part of this with the defense, but I mean, this team had every reason to quit and what did they do they rolled into MetLife and they absolutely destroyed the Giants not that the Giants were you know the Packers at that point but they they, they 3,000 miles they were there the previous week they you know it's like he, mm -hmm. he is um he keeps things together and I believe he is much more an asset than a detriment for sure that goes without saying uh, if he was a free agent this year, let's just say John Lynch did something crazy and he fired him. Uh, I, I think Shanahan's the first coach fired, uh, co first coach hired, even before Urban Meyer. Somebody says that we want him. You're, you're hired. That's it. Maybe the Falcons would have taken him. I don't know. He would have been hired immediately, uh, and and that would have been the right move. But there does come a point eventually. You know, if you're hitting 220 in May, that's one thing. If you're hitting 237. And it's August 3rd. Now it's not just a bad start. It's now a bad season. And when you keep losing 10 games, the context begins to fade. If, if, if you know where I'm going. So that better end soon. I, I really like him and I really believe in him. He's also had to play multiple backup quarterbacks a lot. Check other uh, other head coaches around the NFL. Give me their records when they're faced with that. Not just the backup, but the backup to the backup. Let's see how those teams do. Shadahan's a star. I believe he's a star. And uh, I, I believe he needs some support from John Lynch to stabilize this roster this offseason. Uh, to have some real acumen pertaining to the decision at the quarterback spot. And if he gets that, he will be back in the good graces of Niner fans. He's a, he's, he's, he's a big-time coach. I think he's a stud. It's weird that he's going to go into year five without this will be the first time he has to pick his guy at quarterback. I know, you know he, oh. he inherited a mess. Garoppolo got thrown in his lap. He wasn't even on the radar. And Bill Belichick calls him up and says, here, take Jimmy Garoppolo. 
So he's never really had to pick his guy at quarterback. He's going to have to do it this year. Even if he sticks with Jimmy, that will be his choice. But whoever it is, like this is going to define his tenure now. It's fair. And that's what you sign up for, man. When What did he get, a six-year deal? How many years did he get? Six. Six. When you get a six-year contract that's guaranteed, every penny that provides multi-generational wealth, even if you don't have a modicum of, of investment shrewdness or acumen, <laughs> Um, these are the stakes, man. I mean, if you keep losing, you get fired. <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of the business and nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Somebody will hire you very quickly, but it's a results oriented driven business. And when you are paid and given that length of rope encompassing the greater part of a decade, eventually those 10 loss seasons need to dissipate and you got to get back to the Super Bowl. I God, just please. Can I just have an injury without or a season without injury? Like this is wait, 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 Rob, Rob, Rob. Okay, think about your situation and now think about my situation. My team. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Whoa, whoa. Don't whoa. even lament. Don't even lament the road that you guys have been down in San Francisco versus my jagged road. Stop. Well, I mean, if you're talking, yeah, misery, no one can compete with the Jets' misery, basically. <laughs> that's what I, that's all that matters. That's the only scale or scoreboard that matters. There's the championship scoreboard and there's the misery scoreboard. And I am the champion of the misery scoreboard. I would, I would <laughs> like to flip that at some point. Yes. Okay. I thought you were referring to injuries last year and I was. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. I'm talking about like in totality. No. Well, yeah, that the Jets. Come on. The Jets stand almost alone in terms of, I mean, yes. just the fact that you could have had Bill Belichick as your head coach. Oh, dude. Alone. And not only that, I remember when I was working in San Francisco, Eric Davis, my old partner, we went to, um, we went to an event and uh, it was, ED was the, uh, was the MC and they had all the Lombardi trophies on stage. And it was, <laughs> and, and it was, and I remember tweeting this from my seat. It was Jerry Rice. It was Joe Montana. It was Ronnie Lott. And it was Dwight Clark. And, and of course, rest in peace, Dwight. Right. And he did. And Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh, obviously not there. And, and I tweeted, I said, I'm 15 feet away from arguably three, three of the top 10 players in the history of the NFL. If you've now this, now this is when Montana was still the GOAT. Brady has ascended past him. All right. right so Brady's two. Jerry Rice is, is the GOAT, obviously, at wide receiver. I don't care what anybody says. So you got Rice, you got Montana. Those are undeniable top 10 players. All right, you want to you wanna quibble a little bit? Maybe I'm a little bit ambitious with Ronnie Lott, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, some old school names. All right, that's fine, but point taken. You know, not to mention the offensive strategist and innovator in Bill Walsh. Yeah, I mean, come on. You guys have had... It's basically like Ruth and Mantle and Garrick and DiMaggio. So, you know, no complaints from that side and, and no complaints from my baseball side. All right, fine. <laughs> Look, Brandon, I really appreciate the time. This was awesome. You hear him on CBS Sports Radio every day from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time with Tiki Barber. You've seen him on television. You've been everywhere, man. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm, you know what it is? First of all, I just uh, I love what I do. And, and this is no contrived nonsense. I love it. Like the spoken word to me is, uh, is, is, a, is like a drug. It's powerful. I always wanted to do this. And, and I'm lucky enough to have some great outlets, you know, even doing the Discovery Show, which was a blast. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I realized that while I worked hard to get here, 
you got to work equally hard to stay here and to keep climbing. So I, I don't take anything for granted. And, you know, and again, this will sound incredibly contrived, but whatever, you know, I, I look at every show like I got something to prove, man. Like that, that's my mindset. I didn't grow up in the business. You know, my dad's retired detective, you know, a middle-class blue collar to have aspirations to be a broadcaster seems so far-fetched. So you say I'm everywhere. It wasn't easy. I mean, trust me, a lot of miles in the car driving from Pennsylvania to Las Vegas to Detroit getting lucky enough to get hired in New York and spending a decade at home and going to San Francisco. Like it's been a great journey and I'm blessed. And, and I certainly, I acknowledge that it's been, uh, it's been awesome. I love doing these things. Thanks for having me on. You were the first person I thought of when it was like a solid goes to the jets and I want to talk Niners. Like it's you who's better. Yeah. Well, listen, Hey, you know, let, you know, but there's also something to be said for, you know, having a great conversation. I'm not talking to myself. So don't, don't sell yourself <laughs> short there, but you did a great job. I enjoyed it. This was money. So hopefully everybody who hears this, and I know it'll be a lot of people, uh, I think they'll enjoy this uh, this two-way talk, man. Thanks a lot, Rob. Really appreciate Brandon Tierney taking time out of a busy day last week. And so there you have it. That is the reaction from somebody who's a Jet fan, who's worked in both markets. I always like to go a little outside the bubble for you just to get an outside perspective because sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of an echo chamber here with Niners fandom. So let's go outside every once in a while and get a new perspective. So that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We remind you again, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We do appreciate all your reviews and your ratings. We do read them. I promise you we will read them on the show. Enjoy your day, everybody. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.